Hello and welcome to Is It Me or Is It Them? Today I'm talking about three things that I see people doing that really sabotage their relationships. And we're going to look at how we can start to catch these bad habits before they start creating some major damage with the people that we care about. If you're visiting us for the first time here today, I am so glad that you're with me. And if you're coming back and listening to me again after hearing some of our previous episodes, I'm so happy that you're here because this is a place for women who want to take responsibility for our half of our relationships and how we show up in our lives, but are tired of trying to clean up the mess on other people's side of the yard. This is for those of us who want to be able to set boundaries without feeling like we're bulldozing anyone and who want harmony and closeness, but are tired of sacrificing ourselves to get it. This is a place for you if you want to be able to start showing up and speaking up with more confidence, kindness, and courage in your lives and in your relationships and in the moments of conflict and connection, whether you're talking to the ones you love or dealing with the ones who are driving you crazy. I'm April Boyd and I'm a psychotherapist and I like to study relationships and conflict and how we can start to move through that in some easier and much more effective ways. So today we're digging into three things that I see people doing and I certainly am guilty of doing myself at different times that actually create a lot of damage and problems in a relationship. We're going to look at how we sometimes talk ourselves out of what it is that we feel and how that backfires, how we end up criticizing our partners without really intending to, and the third one is this trap that I see people fall into so much of the time, which is thinking that their partner should just know what they want. I would love to hear as we move through this, which one of these really hits home the most for you. I know I have certainly been guilty, and my partner can attest to the fact that I have certainly been guilty of these at various points in time, because they really do just sneak into our lives for lots of different reasons. So this is what I'm going to be guiding you through today as we start to kind of break these apart and better understand them so that we can catch them and take control of these habits before they start wrecking havoc with our loved ones. So The first one that I see so many people doing so much of the time, which is trying to talk themselves out of what they feel. So let me give you an example. So let's say that your partner's done something that bothers you, it rubs you the wrong way, it steps on your toes for some reason. And a lot of us kind of get into this place where we're annoyed or we're hurt But we don't really want to make it a big thing, right? We don't really necessarily want to have a big conversation about it. And maybe we don't even know how to have that conversation about it sometimes. So what we do is we kind of just stuff it down, right? And we say, you know what? It's not that big a deal. Maybe I'm just overreacting and, you know, or or it's not worth getting into it. And then what happens is all of that stuff that gets swept under the carpet builds and builds and builds until eventually it either is this kind of cold war seething resentment and tension that just exists in the relationship at all times, which is super awful and super dangerous when we're looking at predicting divorce or breakups. Or 
it turns into a big blowout over something tiny that then totally confuses your partner because they don't understand why one dish left in the sink is now cause for World War III in the house, right? So this is really this trap of we have to start to recognize that speaking up over the small things is actually our best way to make sure that we're not creating really big problems. And so we can start to just own the fact that sometimes we just feel what we feel and that your emotions and your needs are valid. And that can be really hard because a lot of us would kind of rather just cut off or separate or disconnect from that part of us that was hurt or upset rather than have to do the more uncomfortable and vulnerable thing of telling somebody what they did that hurt us and actually asking for what we need. So my question for you to think about if this one is hitting home for you, how could you make a direct, clear, and gentle request to your partner? This brings us into the next piece that we do that sabotages our relationships in the long run. And oh my goodness, when I think of all the couples that I've worked with, this absolutely can cause such damage long term in our relationships. One of the things that happens is when we don't really feel like we're able to make a clear and direct request because we've not given ourselves permission to even need what we need. Or maybe it's just so foreign to us that we don't even really feel like we have the language to be able to make those requests. Those needs come out sideways. And how they often get expressed is by criticizing your partner. So instead of just saying, I would really love it if you could hang up your coat and throw your boots in the closet when you come home. That would really mean a lot to me. Instead of just making a gentle, clear request, we sometimes say things that are actually a full-out attack, whether we're intending it that way or not. Oh my goodness, you're so messy. You always just leave your stuff all over the place for me to clean up. Notice how different that feels to hear this. One is about just taking responsibility for our own need and inviting our partner to take care of that with us in an actually quite kind and love-filled way. The other way is just a full-out attack that leaves your partner feeling defensive, feeling hurt, and feeling quite injured and disrespected by you. Here's this good man, right, or good woman, who now suddenly is getting raked across the coals for something tiny like their boots being left in the hallway. So then this is where I've heard from a lot of people in the relationships where they end up saying, you know, I kind of just now stay out of her way because I'm going to get in trouble or I'm going to get told I'm doing it wrong anyways. So it's actually easier and smarter for me to just stay out of her way and let her do everything herself because she's going to tell me I'm doing it wrong anyways. And the number of times that I've heard this from the men and the couples in my practice is actually heartbreaking because here we have a partner who would love to be able to meet his partner's needs, but he's learned to stay 
(laughs) out of arm's reach. Because if he goes in there and tries to help with the tasks, organize stuff, become a greater participant in some of those areas that she might be asking for help for, there's a good chance that she ends up just attacking him, right? Having this verbal complaint or verbal criticism about how he's not doing it right in the first place. So then she ends up way over here feeling totally angry and totally frustrated that she has to do everything by herself. And he's over there feeling quite emasculated, quite devalued and unappreciated because he keeps getting told that how he wants to help is not quite good enough. And when we really kind of step in and think about it, is that the message that you're really wanting to send to your partner, that what they have to offer you is not quite good enough because it's not the exact right way that you would like it done. And there's this idea that I love that says, would you rather be right or would you rather be happy? Would you rather that your partner do everything in the exact same way that you would like it done and up to your standards and the way that you think it needs to be? Or would you rather have a partner? Because having everything your way is actually the benefit that you get of actually being alone. And so unless that's your end goal, I think we have to be really careful about not sending our partners away for us. Because the other risk that happens, when I look sometimes at the relationships where there's been infidelity, and not that this makes it okay, not that this makes it... um you know, that we dismiss kind of all the other causes and all the other pieces of responsibility that factored into this. But one of the themes that I also hear come up time and time again is when you don't feel like your partner appreciates you. And then all of a sudden somebody shows up who thinks you're fantastic. You go from being told that you never quite do anything good enough to somebody kind of being in your life who thinks that everything you do is wonderful right? Which is really kind of what we offer people in those earlier stages of dating. And this creates so much danger and risk in our relationships. So I think we need to take responsibility for the messages that we're sending to our partners, sometimes without even realizing it. The next kind of part of this is this idea that they should just know. And the trap here is that when you're thinking to yourself, your partner should just know how to make you happy, your partner should just know what you want, what we're actually doing is using your partner's ability to mind read as a measurement of how much you mean to them. And that is such a setup for tragic disaster for everybody involved. I like to use a phrase that it's like getting mad at a waiter at a restaurant for not bringing you the water that you never asked for. And again, what a very sad dynamic where you might have a partner who would love to be able to please you more, who would love to be able to do things for you more. Oftentimes when I'm talking to the couples in my practice, and I'm using gender stereotypes here because I'm thinking about the men and women that I've been working with and the themes of how this shows up in there. She ends up feeling like he does not care about her at all. 
right? That's a conclusion that we kind of land, right? When I've been trying to get him to help me out more, when I've been trying to get him to hear me, when I've been trying to, you know, see, make him see that I'm hurting and upset, we eventually end up telling ourselves a story that he must just not care about me at all, or she just might not care about me at all. When often, as we peel that back in the therapy office, what I so often see is they care so much, it's excruciating for them. And the way that they protect themselves from that excruciating pain of feeling like they can't get it right for you or that somehow you just don't want them around is by keeping their distance and shutting down and tuning out. So this is where we sometimes see, you know, the guy that kind of retreats into the basement or just loses himself in other support, other activities, or just disappears, you know, into a world in and of their own. What we often see there is somebody who is essentially numbing themselves out from the pain of feeling like they can't quite connect their partner and they don't know how to make them happy. So when you make direct clear requests, not dropping hints because dropping hints and making passive aggressive comments. And as we talked about before, just making complaints and criticism is not something that motivates your partner or shows them the map of how to please you. You have to give them the map. So when we allow someone to know what exactly it is that we want And when we give them that map of what it is that we're needing, we create a really beautiful invitation for them to actually come closer. Now, sometimes what happens is couples have become so entrenched in these stories. I can never get it right for her. He just doesn't care about me. That they actually need a bit more support to be able to start to have those conversations in a more effective way, which is where couples counseling is such a game changer. It really is because we sometimes get so locked into these gridlocked positions and these self-protective views where we're now really convinced and super on guard for the idea that our partner does not actually have our best interests at heart, that it's sometimes really hard to see and believe the good intentions and to see the love that actually exists there, which is one of the things that makes couples counseling so powerful because it becomes a way that people can start to share that in a bit more of a safer way. I also have a resource that I'm going to put a link to here, which is really how to get more understanding from your partner with just a few really simple changes that you can make and how you're approaching some of those conversations so that you get through that brick wall and kind of over some of those defenses that might be getting triggered when you're trying to navigate all of this stuff. So I hope that you found this helpful today. If you did, I would love it if you took a screenshot and shared it on Instagram and tagged me or shared it with a friend that you know would really benefit from hearing this because that really helps me get this work out to reach more people who can benefit from this and become a part of these conversations with us because these conversations are so important. Our relationships and our wellness and our health and our vitality is so very important and worthy of your time and attention. So I thank you so much for 
this time with me and I will see you next week. Take care.